What? 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 No! I need to stop this. What the fuck? That was so much better than it should have been. That was so much better okay. than it should have been. Okay, let's... let's, let's Let's, sorry, let's, sorry. Let's, let's, I, ju I just need to actually say that. So instead of saying instead of uh, instead of saying twists for curse words, we're gonna say visit. So visit. Let's do right. one, two, two, three. What a visit. What a right. no. Just say visit. Really, one, just two, visit. One, two, three. Visit. Okay. Hey. Hi, so, I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Cameron, and, and we just saw well, M Night Shyamalan's okay, new movie. The Visit. The Visit, rated PG-13. I know, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be R. Yeah, but, uh, I, yeah. But, so just just so you know, this is the podcast, What's Happening, where we typically yeah. watch and review. We just review. went over a speed bump, so yeah. if you heard Sorry. that. Uh, we just... I'll hold the phone. Can you just make sure it charges, because my <laughs> oh, phone's low on power. Hold the phone. Get it? Because uh, <laughs> I'm holding the phone. But no, uh, so we usually watch and review The Happening, but uh, this week it was the very opening of M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, uh, The Visit. Yes. And we decided that we would watch it at midnight when it first came out because we host a podcast we about M. Night Shyamalan, so why don't we do this? Yeah, and uh, and I saw the movie... So yeah, that, that's I, the thing. I think we should preface this with uh, with our information. You, yeah. You start off, yeah. I saw the movie, um, not tonight for the first time, but uh, a couple days ago um, at the uh, Felino Theater... At yeah. the Marion Not Studios building Which in Chapman Uni University, like that's that's my school. Like that's where I go. And Cameron went to my school yeah. to watch the movie, yeah. and I didn't get to go because I had a class while that was happening. So and and it has been torture because to keep in my emotions towards this because when I left it, it that was besides Mad Max Fury Road, that was the most fun I've had at a movie theater in a long time because this is one of the funnest movies that you will see ever <laughs> honestly and the reason he had to keep it in was because I wanted to go in blank like I because everyone knows about Shyamalan himself but like I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt he hit like a, a bottom point with The Last Airbender and After Earth so I was trying to give him so I didn't want to know anything so I didn't look up any reviews when Cameron went early I told him not to tell me anything and I wanted to go in blind just with the trailers that I saw and it was the most fun I have had sitting in a theater watching a movie like I mean I actually saw Mad Max Fury Road a couple days ago and I and I had I had don't get me wrong I had fun watching it this was so much fun I don't yeah. I I'm gonna find out if it's a good movie later because that's how enjoyable this experience was for me yep and we watch The Happening weekly. That's a torturous experience, except for the part where we get to do the podcast and talk to our friends about yeah, it. Yeah. And, like, we get to, to make fun of it a little just, bit. We just, like, we make little inside jokes about it, but, but this movie this, makes its own inside jokes. It's just so much fun. It's, okay, so yeah, let's I mean, start off with... Well, this is completely spoiler-free, yeah, this well, section of it, then we'll move on to spoilers. A lot of uh, critics, and you may, like, people who are viewing this, you may be looking at the reviews of it, and it's like, it's like they say, like, oh, this time Shyamalan's in on the joke. And for a jaded, cynical person like myself, I would see that and be like, oh, yeah, he's in on the joke this time. No. He fucking isn't on the joke yeah. this time. He, he, he realizes... Because well, if you I, watch I, I the movie... Like, like expl we should explain the plot a little bit and then get into our synopsis of it. Okay, so, uh, for, so first so, of all, it's a found footage movie. Yeah, it's a found which, footage movie where... Okay, so there's, there's these two kids, and the one girl wants to make a documentary of her trip to visit her grandparents because mm. her, uh, her mother has dropped off contact with her, with her parents... 
So the grandparents, the mother doesn't talk to anymore. But then out of the blue, they message her and they want to have spend some time with the grandkids. And so uh, the grandkids decide to go so they can give her mom and her new boyfriend, fiance, whatever, some alone time. To on a carnival cruise. No, on a Royal Caribbean a cruise. A Royal Caribbean cruise, I'm sorry. And so they give them some alone time and the kids go visit the grandparents and weird stuff begins to happen and that's... That's like that's probably the IMDb synopsis of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just start off with 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 uh, in our spoiler free. Let's start off with the uh, how this was a found footage movie that was done really well. Uh, it was a found footage movie done really well. I don't I don't even know how to say it. I think for me it worked really well because it was done by kids. Like, this is a thing that kids actually do nowadays, yeah. is make videos of themselves because they want to be YouTube famous, mm-hmm. they want to be, like, the next, you know, big thing. And uh, and it worked in the conceit that the, these kids would bring their cameras everywhere, and sometimes they didn't bring them everywhere. Yeah. And sometimes they, they left them behind, or they would just use one camera, because they had two of them at some point, so each kid could have a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I love is that it goes with the whole... Because, I mean, in the last few years, because, I mean, a lot of filmmakers started especially in this new generation they started off making their own short films as kids mm-hmm. so we actually see this archetype of the child filmmaker yeah. a lot in modern filmmaking and usually this kid's presented as some sort of uber genius who knows everything about film but is really endearing and da, 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 yeah. da, da. But no, it, this, in this this it's 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 a like a 15-year-old girl yeah and it's also and, shown that this is all she cares about yeah, she, like like all she talks about, all she does is film. Which and she and she the thing is her her grandmother had to explain who Cecil B. DeMille was and like there's a bunch of stuff she doesn't know, but she still talks and acts as people who've been around filmmakers uh for yeah. a while. We we know how they sound like and how pretentious and like certain kind of ways they sound, mm-hmm. but like a lot of times it sounds like you're trying. And you can tell that she's trying, but she's also like still trying to be a, a kid too. Yeah, it's really, really genuine, is how mm-hmm. I would describe it. Is is so. is, is also the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say at some points the older people, the the uh, the old people in the movie lacked a little bit of finesse in their um, acting, uh, but I felt like the kids were really, really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, if there's one complaint that I would have, like. The thing that just sticks out the most is that the old people, because weird stuff's supposed to happen and it involves the old people, and a lot of times it seemed like they were just doing it for doing whatever they were doing for the sake of being weird, rather than like, oh, this is how the character would act. It was more like, uh, and again, this could be the actor, it could be Shyamalan, just being like, all right, now it's got to be this way for this reason, because it's got to be weird for the story, so people have to understand it. Mm-hmm. But like the, the kids were supernatural, not supernatural, they were hey. super space natural. And it was, yeah, the, that's kind of something that was awesome. I, the act, the main, the, not the main actress, but the mom, Catherine Hahn, I really like her. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's, she's on SNL, right? Yeah, she, I think so. And she's, she's just, she's usually that, that person from that thing that you see in a comedy movie every so often. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I recognize yeah, her. Yeah, but she played that, she played her character. It was very good casting. I would yes. say that. That was some really good casting. Yes. Because like Catherine Hahn, maybe not the most vertile versatile, uh, wide-range actress, yeah. but this was a very well-casted role for her. She did it well. She was a mom who didn't want to interact with her parents, but wanted her kids to have some experience. Mm-hmm. She wants... Her mom's just... The mom's just looking for happiness. That's... Mm-hmm. And that was, like, very apparent throughout, and it was simple, easy, and Catherine Hahn did an amazing job with it. Yep. Um, also, the thing that makes this movie... That I really liked about this movie, and I mentioned it to the people I went and I saw it, 
uh, a week ago, um, too, was that progressively as M. Night Shyamalan has made movies, his movies have gotten, their scope has gotten bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. You can literally, it literally is movie after movie, his scope gets bigger and bigger and bigger. He's trying to affect more of the world, and then he tries to affect a whole fantasy world, then he tries to affect space and Mm -hmm. everything like that. And now he narrows his scope super small. Mm-hmm. It's smaller than like the sixth sense. Small. Well, it's it's definitely smaller than the six. It's smaller than Devil, like that it, elevator it, movie. It was. It's. I haven't. I still haven't seen Devil. I've seen a little bit. It's mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's it's a, such a small scope. It's most of the movie is just these kids and these old people in a house. Mm-hmm. Like that's most of the movie. Yeah. Speaking and speaking of hilarious, hysterical, hysterical. This movie is. Hysterical, but intentionally so. Yeah, Shyam- Shyamalan made a comedy. This is this is a comedy. Mm. It's, it's a horror movie and it's a comedy, and it does it so well. Also, this may be me being like tinfoily, tinfoil hat a bit, but even the moments that seemed unintentionally funny, I ha- get the feeling that they are intentional. Yeah, because Shyamalan knows movies. He knows that a jump scare is not legit horror. This movie has tons of jump scares. I wouldn't actually say I, tons of them, but he has enough of them. There, there are enough jump scares. And I, I said it at the screening I went to last week, and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. That never has a predictable movie been this fun. Yes. Because I'm not saying that the whole movie's predictable. The, like, the plot of the movie is very much not predictable. Mm-hmm. But scene to scene, as you're watching sort of motions that you've watched in films happen before. It's yeah. like, it's like, oh, we have a shot of a hallway and it's very quiet. But, I wonder what's going to happen. But the thing is, uh, happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is with, with that out, there's, there are a lot of times where it, the, like the scared, it actually subverts what you're thinking. Like, again, it, it does it a lot where you're kind of like, but then it does it a lot where you don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of times where they're, just it's not a spoiler, but like there's there's hallways and then something jumps out, but then there's long times where there's just nothing in the camera space and you're waiting for it to happen mm-hmm. and nothing happens, but not in the bad way like the happening. Yeah. Nothing happens in which it gets your attention boiling so much that finally when something does happen, it scares you, and then when they do another one of those where nothing happens, you're scared the whole time. But like again in the way that they do the scares are also decently funny at a good amount of times. Yeah. Yeah, which... it, it's... it's. I mean, also, if you like film, mm-hmm. if you consider yourself someone who enjoys films, film not just enjoys films, but thinks that they know the ins and outs of film and, like, classic cliches and stuff like that. So if you're, like, Sam or myself, not to say we're better than people, but, like, this is but just we something are. we... We're, I mean, that's beside the point. Saying. But we know, But we know a lot about films... And this film is for people who know a lot about films. Well, it can't. It's for everyone. I mean, it's for but everyone. But there's an extra level of like there is an extra. There is like it's. You can enjoy this film if you don't don't know many much about film. I mean, like I saw it in two different audiences. I saw it in an audience full of film students, and I also saw it in an audience in oh, what was downtown the, Orange. What was the reaction with the, with all the people at Dodge? Oh, people at Dodge fucking loved it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, they, they um, like, um, Mitchell Pratt, uh, who was on our show uh, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago, 
he he basically had the, that it was like the most fun movie he's seen in like in like it was I didn't think I saw I didn't see a single person who didn't leave smiling because this is the kind of movie that you leave smiling mm-hmm. and and it just it and it make it makes you really happy yeah and you yeah I mean I mean clearly some people will be legitimately scared by it but at the same time there's a great sense of um uh catharsis with the film in of itself because you feel like you are climbing this film. Yes. You feel like you are riding this bucking bronco of a film. Well, that's one of the cool things is that it's super simple, but what they always do in a... What people do in a lot in films is have a ticking clock where it's like, all right, you have to do this in a certain amount of time or something happens or something... Or you have to get out of this in a certain amount of time. And they give you that. They say, we're starting on Monday... And you have to leave, and you're leaving on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you know, like you know that this whole time that something is going down, mm-hmm. like at some point throughout the week, whether it's early on or later, it they have a certain amount of time where it's going mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah, and that's that's one of the cool things that I feel about this movie. It's that Shyamalan did so well simplistically. Yeah. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. there are there are some presentation issues. There are presentation the issues. Like there there are some things. That I'm, I'm not going to get into specifics because that's just lame. That's just nitpicking. Yeah. But it's true that there are presentation errors where things uh, don't really make sense, or somebody says something for the sake of plot convenience or stuff like that. So while I thought this film was so much fucking fun, and like literally, if someone's like, I don't know if I should be like, go fucking see this film, yeah. like go see it. Uh, we're not saying. I'm, I mean, at least I'm not saying it's, it's not flawless. No, it, it's it's not going to win an Oscar. Probably not. It's it. Oh my god! It's definitely not going to win on. There, there's no category in which this would win an Oscar. Like no. Just watch it. Just win fucking best director. Uh, oh this my year. god. Um, but and and so that being said, I mean, I'd say on a scale of one to ten, in terms of my critical analysis of the film, I'd give it a six out of ten in terms of critical analysis of the actual substance substant substantive parts of the film, and I still don't know if I pronounced that right. That's right. The substance uh, that's in the film. The, of the substance of a film, objectively, it is a 6 out of 10 to be. But, that being said, go fucking see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, they there's a lot of details in the movie that they bring up that really don't matter to the plot, or like, you know, add to the to the atmosphere, mm. but then there's... Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. There's yeah. one part that I want that I want to talk about at some point. But I think I want to actually talk about Shyamalan's weakness that works as a strength here. Mm-hmm. It is his awkward dialogue. I believe Ooh, he's unbuckling. I'm unbuckling the seatbelt, you know. I think Shyamalan's awkward dialogue because again, I love the sixth sense, but God does that have some of the most ham fisted like words in the world. And this kind of did some similar stuff. But he played. But the way that he cre- constructed the story, it made sense. Like the way that the kids talk, it's like, oh, well, they're making a movie, so like you know, they're gonna mm-hmm. use their twenty dollar words, like that they learned in vocab. Oh yeah, recently. and yeah, the girl and, talks like she's read a film, like a manual on, like a like a filmmaker's yeah. guide. She's re- she talks like that because Which it's completely what, logical well, that's that she what would. Shyamalan like does too. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, it's just like saying the things that like it's the trigger words. It's like mm-hmm. ah, that's cinema, and then. <laughs> The old people, because because uh, if you've seen the trailers, they do some weird stuff in that. Yeah. There's no spoilers there. Yeah. But and but it just it it makes sense that even though he's not the master at how people talk, he makes it work for the characters and for the situation for the most part. 
Oh, yeah. There's some times where it's awkward and doesn't make sense, and he'll... He jumps into certain things. It's just like, you, you could set that up better, or you could have said something different, and it would have accomplished the same thing or better. Yeah. What, what's hilarious is, I'm going to plug It's a Hard Sock Life. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that came out like two weeks ago. Um, um, we should be over it by now. No. Nope. We're not. Never be over it. Um, is, is, like, I kind of realized that my writing of dialogue is, is, is not, is sort of on par with M. Night Shyamalan's yeah. writing of dialogue. I never <laughs> wanted, I never wanted to tell you that, but... <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I love you, man, and I, I love the jokes that you write, and so many good things, but the dialogue is super, like, not super, but, like, it's decently awkward. Yeah. Like, the, there's a lot of times Especially like, with the talking heads in this movie. The talking heads in this movie. I could have written the talking heads yeah. in this movie. Um, <laughs> but for the sake of yeah. the fact that they are talking heads, people would speak like that. People yeah. would be, like, more formal than they're supposed to be, or, like, you know, say something very mm. specific. Mm. It, well, at least in a hard sock life. And when I say, go fuck yourself, Sam, I'm a master writer, and I'm also a great actor, and that was all a lie, and I hate you now for di- for dissing me. <laughs> hey, do you want to make out in a little bit? Um, hi, Mom. <laughs> oh, um, um, I forgot to tell you, uh, you know, also, sorry, Hannah, we're not, uh, my we're, girlfriend we're, uh, might now think I'm gay. Oh, oh, yeah, wouldn't want to find out that you're you're gay through a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that would be a weird way to find out someone's gay. Good thing neither of us are gay. Oh, oh fist bump, fisting. Oh, shit, I just okay, uh, and that's a. And we're not that, trying to know, be offensive right yeah. now. The fact is that we're not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's hilarious when heterosexual men try to prove their masculinity. Yes. That yes. is something I find it is. hilarious, and it we is, are awkward. It is, it is great. And before we and before mm. we move on to our spoiler section, yes. um. Some, this is not my own thing. I I I, uh, I heard it from somebody else who saw the movie. And uh, yeah, but you don't you don't want to mess with the audio quality. Though. The audio quality. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you, if you hear a little white noise in the background, it's because Sam thought it was, thought it was imperative to turn on the air conditioning. Did you say something white in the background? Uh, sh- something white in the background. What? We're in downtown Orange. <laughs> ho, 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 shots ho. fired. Except not we're in a white community. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess people can't. Sh- sh- okay. Shots okay. Be fired. Anyways. Um, somebody, somebody who saw this film. See, uh, see, we're, first we do something homophobic, <laughs> then we do something racist. Jeez. Exactly, we're the worst. We people. are. Now we need to do something sexist. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, okay, anyway, you can see how giddy this movie makes you feel. I might edit some of this stuff out. Yeah, I really don't want to be offensive. Okay, so if if you're down just joining us after the parts that Sam cut out because they were too offensive, uh, I was saying how there was a person who noted that um, all of the uh, music happens either in camera mm-hmm. or it's a reference to her talking about the the songs that she's going to use to score the yeah. movie, which yeah. which I think sort of perfectly encapsulates how this movie seems very simple and seems very um very one-dimensional but it actually has a lot more going on in it than meets the eye well and it makes it feel more real because the thing is they also don't do those you know cheesy sound effects where it's like like if something does a jump scare it's like rah and then Mm -hmm. like you know it's like the uh the musical accompaniment that goes with like the screech kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh but they don't do that. If if there's a jump scare, it just happens, and if uh, and yeah, there's no the, besides the music that just like accompanies a normal scene. Yeah. Like in real life, there's nothing there. 
Yeah, and uh, what I like is because so many, especially with jump scares, it, it it's it's like that. Um, you know what? In, in every horror movie, when there's jump scares, the dun! like they're like as the jump scare happens, they have to add a musical. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Just be like, uh, see, you're scared, you fucking pussy. And it's like and basically like like it's essentially the film version of a of a film like waving its dick at you. Yeah. It's like yeah, look at it, you fucking asshole. It's it's uh, like it's like I come on, can I just can I just enjoy the film without no, you, you like shoving it in my face? <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of dicks in our faces. Oh my god, I thought we got past this. <laughs> um, uh, hi mom. Um, so, with the uh, end cap of dicks in our faces. Shall we move into the spoiler corner? Shall we move in? Yes. You know when we start to talk about dicks, we really want to talk about spoilers. So here come, so if you want to go into the movie fresh, kind of like how I did, yeah. uh, stop right now. Yeah, actually, you know, I think the less you know about... So, I, I think, like, even, like, I'm a little bit, like... Because, like, tomorrow... What? Like, Brandon Karsh, what an asshole. Love huh. you, Brandon. Placebo. Placebo. Um, he's gonna be, like... He's gonna be, like, oh, so how was the film? And, and I don't want like, to tell him. I want people to go into this really fresh. I Yeah, I think, I think, um... If you've listened to this, then you're already too far. I'm sorry. But now we're going to move on to spoilers, so starting really, really right right now. So if you want to, like, hurt your enjoyment of the film, then keep listening. Like, this is the only time I'll ever say, don't listen to what we're saying. Yeah. But I, I want you to listen, because I really want to talk about this. Yeah, okay. So spoilers start now, and we're going to start with the twist itself. So, the yeah. Twi- yeah, okay. twist. Okay, the twist is, let's go. The twist is that it's not their grandparents. Not- <laughs> that's so simple, and everyone should have thought of that the whole time, and I didn't think of it. Yep. Did you yep. think of it while you were watching it the first time? Well, the first time I watched it, I and okay, he threw bait. He 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 threw bait at us like yeah. a motherfucker and that I bought the bait the first and there was a guy sitting near us who bought the bait as well. Yeah. When the uh when the grandmother starts talking about aliens, yeah. The first time I was watching, he was like, "Oh, you gotta be shitting me! They're alien. It's gonna be alien." And then there was a guy sitting next to us in the theater this time. Who, when that moment happened, he goes, "Oh, that's it." And I, and I'm like, and watching it the second the time, is, I'm like, "Oh, you don't even know." No, the thing is, <laughs> I bought it too. Yeah, I right. Because she was like, "It's a pond." I'm like, "Oh, it's the well." Because there's a there's a well in this movie, and if you're listening to spoiler corner, you better have seen this movie. And there's a well, and. I was assuming that was the water, and they don't reference it ever again. It's just to throw you the fuck off. It's because they're crazy, and it's so simple because they tell you they volunteer at a mental hospital. Well, no, they say they volunteer at a hospital. They never say what kind of hospital. No, but then they progressively start to clue people in. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, what was the name of the... It was was like Shady Glen? It was was like, yeah, Shady something. Shady Glen is the name of a mental hospital. Yeah. Like, no one's ever named a regular hospital Shady Glen. That's the thing. There were so many clues to everything. Oh, yeah, and Stacy, the woman who visits them, she mentions that she was in rehab when they visited her, so mm-hmm. clearly it's some sort of psychological hospital. Well, or she went into the hospital because she was like did a drug overdose, and then it's like, oh, we came to visit her so that mm-hmm. you know she got better. But no, it was rehab because she was like mentally unstable as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. and it should have been something everyone saw. Yep. And that, yeah, I mean, sorry, like, I admit the first time I saw it, I did kept thinking, oh, it's interesting that they keep dropping clues towards something interesting happening at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So clearly. There is going to be some, but it's interesting. It wasn't like 
it was like, did you hear about those escaped those escaped uh, patients at the hospital? Yeah. It, it, it was, oh, something, there was some interesting uh, stuff going on there. So you, as a film viewer, mm-hmm. you know there's going to be some sort of resolution yeah. that involves the weird thing happening at the hospital. Yeah. But it doesn't tell you, it doesn't tell you, doesn't tell you more than that, which I yeah. loved. Which was, and the thing is, like, they don't, you know, go on this long explanation like, ah, they they escaped the mental hospital, they killed these people, we're covering it up because we're scared of them and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. They, you can tell that through the actions and through everything, and that's, and the thing is like, that's, that's just filmmaking 101, yeah. but that's something people never, don't follow anymore. And Everyone you, explains everything. And also, they're crazy people, but there is one line of dialogue that especially this time really stuck out to me. Which one? Which is when they're in the basement, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, Grandpa, although not Grandpa, Papa, Papa, he says uh, they really shouldn't have mentioned that you were coming to visit. They knew that um, Carol, I think her name was, which was the was the faux grandma, yeah. had killed had killed her kids. Oh, so like it was sort of like, oh, oh that, that's didn't... a really cool. I almost didn't even thing is that cuz cuz it almost cuz it adds depth to a character when you present something that is not just like hey we're crazy but well, when it's like when it's like yeah when well, I mean he says it very crazily but, but he says what a he's crazy saying, thing that like affects the grand like that Nana is emotionally sort of like it's sort of true and that they probably shouldn't have mentioned this to these to this crazy woman who had killed their kids yeah. was that they were having kids visit well, that's why she's so excited and why she's so eager to play and why all of that happens. And it makes so much sense, like, in retrospect, that once you watch it and, like, I guess since you've seen it twice, like, you saw all the things that, like, they left clues for mm-hmm. that built mm-hmm. up to it. And, yeah, I, but I do want to go back to the Stacy thing because that, uh, that was the one thing that did kind of bother me was that uh, at the end when they open the door, like, right before they play the board game and they see Stacy hanging from a tree... Uh, well, first of all, they never addressed that again, and they never were like, oh, we need to save, where we need to, like, get Stacy's body down, and they never talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it didn't, it didn't add anything to the movie that wasn't already there. I was like, oh, there's another dead person, they, they're clearly crazy, but I already knew that she mm-hmm. was gonna be dead. It was, it was cool to see, like, you know, that they killed her, but I could have assumed that since she went out back and never came back. Uh, you know, I think that, um, they, it, I think, it, I think it served a narrative purpose, whether or not it was done in the right way is mm-hmm. is debatable. Yeah. Um, I think. I think. Well, I mean, in terms of the narrative of the story, they needed to do that in order to keep her in the house. Well, yeah. To I scare mean, her back to the house. Um, and the and yeah. Papa closed the door like when she was yeah. opening it. Like he's trying to hide the body. Yeah, and so I think they could have done. They could have. Um, they could have done it maybe in a bit more finesse way with some more finesse. Uh, um, but I that it. It also after you've gone through this whole roller coaster ride up to this point, it when this happens when you open the door and there's just a person hanging there, you just love it. Like well, I just fucking love well, it. Well, no, that, I think that was the most audible I was like during the movie is when that happened. I was like, oh shit! Like that's the part where the movie is like we're about to ratchet the everything yeah. up to like eleven or twelve. Because mm-hmm. the more the movie goes. Eh? The more you go, yeah. The more the movie jabs you in the stomach with its elbow, the more you're like, I know, right? Well, and that's the thing where he's playing with, like, all right, the movie, like, technically gets worse, 
but like I can't help but love it because the the thing is the old people start to get crazier as the movie goes on, which they really shouldn't have. Mm. They've been crazy the whole time. They should have stayed the same amount of yeah. crazy. But like while they're playing, you know, the board game and all that stuff, uh, it's like they're playing Yahtzee. And oh my <laughs> god, so, the whole Yahtzee, the Yahtzee master was thing. amazing. The Yahtzee scene. I mean, it, you you've seen this movie if you're listening, but if you haven't seen this movie, this Yahtzee scene is fucking hilarious. But the thing is, it's also so nerve-wracking at the same time. It's, it's the, it's, I, I'm a Yahtzee master! No, a, it takes ten years to become a Yahtzee master! That's the thing, is that I love the scene, but I know it's bad. I, the thing is, I know that scene was bad because they went way too crazy, way too soon, but it's, if that scene was presented by itself, that's a master class in horror comedy. Yep. Because that's so terrifying. Yeah. And so funny. The only thing that I noticed this time um, is that uh, I can sort of um, rationalize that they go crazier, especially on the in the last, like the the, the third, the the final act of the film yeah. that they're much is because that final act is happening on the day that they're intending to kill them. Yeah, but I feel like again, I, again, you don't know the mind of a crazy person, so it yeah. could be anything. But typically, what I think it's oh oh it's, man. Also, we we're uh, oh, we're getting some we're, action we're, here. We're sitting in a parking lot and we're watching some people make out. Oh oh no, oh. they're done. They're oh, done. No, they're parting okay. ways now. Okay, that uh, was know, quick. She knows we're watching. Oh, uh, just she, don't pay oh, attention. Okay, okay. Uh, anyways, cool. so yeah, we yeah. so uh, old people <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, but the thing is about crazy people is that they that like they're still consistently crazy, and even when they like have a plan to do something, it's still typically like, I mean, since they're crazy, it's not normal, but it's normal for them. So. I really do think they should have been the same amount of crazy the whole time. So either ratchet it up a little in the beginning mm. or take it down a little bit at the end. Yeah. But like the thing is just for the sake of the story and for the sake of the fact that it's a movie, they, te- they, they made them so much more crazy in an amazingly like incremental amount of time. And yeah. it was, it was so well done for the sake of it being a movie rather than being reality. Also, um, this is, this is of all things, the emotion of the movie at yes. certain points was very—I mean, it wasn't amazing, but it was—but it was, it was so very well done. It, it was very raw and and real, and well, it felt in in thing especially. Um, there's been a lot of praise going towards like the little brother who did a great job. Yeah, but I think that the older sister, yeah, she was, did a great job. Well, there's the there's the. The thing is that all the emotions and all stuff also technically doesn't really mean anything to the story, but like oh, yeah. for the for the arc of the characters, it means a lot. And her section where they're doing the back and forth interview, where mm. she interviews him, and the little brother talks about how he was the football player and he thinks that his dad left because he didn't you know make the tackle, which is how an eight year old would rationalize it. Mm. That makes sense. And the and he does, the little brother when it's his turn to ask the sister questions. He doesn't ask her anything about the father. He asks her why she won't look at herself in the mirror. And you have no idea why. And sh- But then it follows it up with her talking to the camera and saying something about her, the dad leaving. And you don't know what that means, but mm-hmm. you know that something about her appearance like is affected by her dad leaving. Yeah, which is like... It's, it's just, you don't have to say anything and you know that she yeah. just feels something... Because oh um, yeah, and also the 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 first time I watched it, I, I guess I wasn't paying too much attention because I thought that the whole brother having sort of like OCD mm-hmm. sort of came sort of more out of nowhere. But this time watching it, it was a lot more apparent than I first than yeah. I because I guess I was sort of well, 
in it. I think when the first time I watched this, mm-hmm. I don't know how you were. The first time I watched it, I went went in thinking it was going to be awful. I, I went in. I'm not. I'm not going to lie and say that I went in with an open mind the first time. No, I went in expecting it to be awful. So I think I might have lost a lot about the first of like the first 20 minutes of the film in, because you thought it was gonna because be I thought it was going to be terrible. Um, and I really like the way that they had the 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 kid like each kid was dealing with things in their own way. Yeah. And like and like the and like the, the little brother having sort of like a problem with with germs was well. was like wasn't like done amazingly mm-hmm. but i liked that it wasn't um it wasn't like asthma yeah well every yeah. kid has asthma yeah. yeah even in in science the kid had asthma yeah this but, kid's this kid's debilitation is not out of his control it's it's yeah. an actual part of his character well and yeah he it's it's he's ocd just because like it's just the touching of everything that, like, gets mm-hmm. him. But the thing is, that was a little inconsistent. Like, he definitely touched stuff without, like, you know, being considered of germs and stuff for yeah. a bit. But when they showed it, it was good. And that was there was a good character-building moment where... Uh, I, I wish I remember the characters' names, but the older sister, she... Becca. Becca? Yeah, yeah. Becca. Uh, Tyler, the little brother, he, mm-hmm. he thinks that, like, his hands are covered in germs and he doesn't have tissues to take care of it. And Becca doesn't say, you're crazy. Becca doesn't say, like you shouldn't have this problem. She, like, goes and gets, like, these tissues and wipes off, wipes yeah. his hands, and she just plays into, like, whatever he's feeling, because this is, she understands. It's, it's, the the character, especially Becca, was very, I, I think, in, in, after this movie's released, the first initial reaction is gonna be, oh, man, that was so much fucking fun! Um, and, like, and, like, people talking about, like, oh, it was awful, oh, it was great, well, well I mean, I guess it was somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But, the character Becca is actually really, really well written, and yes. like the dial- dialogue will always be Emma Chamberlain's eh point. Yeah. But in terms of characterization, I feel like I could know somebody like Becca. Oh, I think Becca is. I don't want to be like that fucking typical person, but Becca's like everybody. Yeah, like Becca's how we feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it makes sense for her to be like the main character, the every person. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like especially in our age where people are. Um, deal with like mental health issues a lot more. You see people like Becca a lot, who are um, uh, who are dealing with their own issues, but are also sort of selflessly handling someone else's issues at the same yeah. time. You know, want to know something cool that I noticed at the end? What is that? You know, the ending part. Like, there's the ending part. The very, very end is where uh, there's this title card that says, "My brother maybe put this in," and it's Tyler rapping. But in the background, Becca's putting on makeup. She's looking at herself in the mirror. Oh shit! I didn't notice that both times. She, like that's that's something that they're that is amazing. Shyamalan would have yeah. pointed that out in any other movie, but in this one, he that's a reference that's made once, yeah. never brought back. But you know how sad she is the whole time, and at the very end, she's putting on makeup, having to look mm-hmm. at herself in the mirror, and that's something that I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think the biggest critical issue I could bring up with this film is that they did not successfully convince me that these kids who went through this huge trauma were in any way close to normal as they're presented in the final scene where Tyler's rapping. Yeah, that... And and, and here's the thing, is that that could have been solved with an interim scene of them being not good, but that would have also broken the flow of the movie. Yeah. So, it was... It was a problem... 
but the problem didn't ruin the movie. If anything, the problem was there in order to support the movie. Yeah, so it part of the movie gets taken down because of it, but it adds a whole new part yeah. to the movie, which more for some people might make it better, for some people mm-hmm. might make it worse. It's, which... it's a nonsense, and it's actually something that I didn't... It's, it's, it's a new concept for me about film, yeah. is that a problem in the film can be integral to the film itself. It, which is interesting. Yes. And also, I, speaking of uh, Tyler rapping at the end, um, everything in the movie comes back around. Yes. Everything in the movie comes back around. Which, and not like in a cheesy, like, ah, look at this kind of way, but like mm. in a way that makes sense for like how these people would feel. Yeah, especially the filmmaking ideas. Mm-hmm. The filmmaking, like the, the, the uh, when she throws out jargon about, about like, about filmmaking techniques, um, then it comes back. Like, um, uh, like, or, or when they just throw casual, like, like in the train, which, oh my God, trains, the fuck, Emma well, Shyamalan <laughs> was the kid who had the train set as a kid. That guy loves fucking it trains. Was, he loves fucking trains? I like trains. Is there one, I don't think there's one in The Sixth Sense, but. There's one in Unbreakable. Unbreakable is like where the first part happens. Yeah. Signs. I don't think anything happens in Signs. I think there's a train in Signs. The Village, I don't think so. Um. Uh, Happening train. Happening definitely has a train. Yeah. Uh, Lady in the Water, I don't think so. Uh, but last, definitely there's oh, a lot. Last lo- Airbender has one because they have, there's like a transportation method. Well, I don't know if they do it in the movie. I'm trying to remember. Mm. It's definitely in the show and I try to block out the movie from my mind. Yeah, there are definitely more trains than the average director has in their film. I mean, <laughs> so I'm saying you need a tr- mode of transportation. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know what? I I think, uh, is, is Emma Shyamalan like a big football fan? Uh... I mean, he lives he's in from Philadelphia. He's from so Philadelphia. He might, he's an Eagles fan, probably. Unbreakable has Ted talks about uh, talks about football. So I think he's probably a bit. It, it, it's it's interesting, and this film does something more than a lot of. It not only humanizes its characters, it also sort of humanizes M Night Shyamalan himself. I think so. I, you're going to need to be specific on how you mean that. Like, do you mean the movie itself or the characters that, in the movie? Is it? The, like, the way the, this movie itself, the movie itself, mm-hmm. is that, me, myself included, we slowly build up this notion towards M. Night Shyamalan as this guy who sees himself as infallible. Mm-hmm. And who sees himself as amazing and beyond criticism. And whenever there's criticism towards his film, it's not his fault. Now, these things may still be true... But that doesn't mean the person. That doesn't mean he's one-dimensional. No. And and and, and also, and, and it's a problem that I have with just society in general is people seeing other people as one-dimensional. That doesn't which, mean I'm beyond it. But but yeah, it is the, true. Th- the thing is that like everybody is three-dimensional, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. Just the way that they act might look one-dimensional to you for like the split second you see them. Yeah, and I think this film shows more about M Night Shyamalan than we've seen in the past. I think Which so. is his ability to be self-referential. And not just in a, oh, look at me, I'm being self-referential. In a, I'm being self-referential because I love it. Because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. it, well, it, it and he loves, he loves what he does. Like, that's, that's the thing is that... I think this is the first time that he, instead of saying, I'm doing what I'm doing because it's artistically good. I think this is... One of the first times that he's openly saying, I'm doing what I'm doing because I think it's fun. Yes. I think he I think he did The Sixth Sense to prove he's an artist. 
And I think he did Unbreakable to be like, I can be artistic and do like more things. And everything after that were like passion projects for him where he wanted yeah. to prove himself. And this, <laughs> this was less about proving himself. He did a small budget. He didn't have that much marketing for the movie. Mm-hmm. He just did it because he wanted to do it. Yeah. Like, and also like, like the sixth sense. See, the thing is that we can, we can all see a little bit of ourself in M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. And that the sixth sense is that like, is that like deja vu idea that you have that you're just like, holy shit, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Unbreakable is that idea you've had since you were like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And that you've always been sort of working on in the back of your head. Yeah. And then each of his films after that is that attempt to sort of get that originality back at it. Mm-hmm. And then this one is just like, you know what? I can't replicate myself, but I can just be myself. I think that's yeah. that's pretty close to what it mm-hmm. is. So what Emma Shyamalan's trying to tell you is just be yourself. Yeah. Well, actually, he did do a movie before... Uh, the Sixth Sense, but no one ever remembers it. Oh yeah, no one gives a shit. <laughs> it's called Wide Awake. It's about like this nun who takes care of this kid who like wants to explore death. Anyways, mm. it's beside the point. We're on the visit right now. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're saying M Night Shyamalan kids and death? That doesn't sound like an M Night Shyamalan. I don't. I don't I'm it's not, crazy. I've never heard of an M Night Shyamalan that features kids and death. Kid actors are sp- <laughs> kid actors are supposed to be bad. These kid actors were awesome. Mm-hmm. I I mean for the for what the characters that they were given, I don't, I can't tell from other things that they've done and how it was like structured. But I, I think it was very well also, done. Also, I think they really speaking as somebody who has an older sister who's hey, about. Hey, I do too. How old are your older? Uh, she's she? actually like two years older than me. So okay. they're they about the same age for me and yes. my. Um, my mine's more accurate. It's it's like a five year it's like a five year age difference. No, it's only so, two years. The kid the kid was like twelve or thirteen, and she was fifteen. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. She, oh. They said 15-year-old sister, and he said that the dad left five years ago, and they said he was eight when the dad left, so he's about 12 or 13. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Speaking, speaking of, well, I mean, I guess we can both speak as, both as people in a younger brother-older sister relationship, is that this movie really captured that vibe of it very well. Well, yeah, the thing is, most things where you have the younger brother-older sister, some other thing... The is younger, that they just hate each other. Well, they ha- either they hate each other yeah. or they're just always annoying to each other. But <clears throat> in reference to the OCD thing and to them like talking about their feelings, they like they still annoy each other. Like that's oh, yeah. that's that's a given. But they never do it in a way that's like I'm getting in your face, and the mm. other one's like I hate you because you're annoying. They both just accept that that's what they're gonna do. But then they still like treat each other like human beings. Oh yeah, it's the whole like they don't like each other, but they love each other. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is something that like they probably they wouldn't be friends if too, they weren't family. Too many just like older sibling, younger sibling movies just present these as just like just like they're like a bitter old bitter old neighbors yeah. that have to live each other next to each other because of zoning laws or something. They just hate each other. And I'm like, God, you guys realize that they like they like they like they're brother and sister. They have to like, show some sort of deeper emotion beyond just being assholes towards each other. Like, there are siblings that definitely hate each other, but mm-hmm. there's still like some kind of love towards them. Oh yeah, and it's not even even if it's not love. There's a deeper emotion beyond just being annoying. Yeah, and I mean yeah. things like my sister. I love her. She's what she's a friend. Like she's just everything to me. And this movie like showed a good version of that kind of thing. Oh yeah, is that she like a sister would take care of me. I would take care of her. We're going to, like, annoy each other and, like, disagree on a bunch of mm-hmm. things and want to do different things. But at the end of the day, it's like it's family and you're going to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought this movie did kids better than Jurassic World did. Uh, yes. I yeah. believe it did do kids better. It did 
uh, the relationship between the kids better, and it just did them as individual people better. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it would also be like... It's also like none of the kids... Um, uh, none of the kids' talents or anything like that ends up being a tool for the film itself. Yeah. Like, beyond the fact that it's a found footage movie and that's, like, basically the plot device is her filming... Like, the fact that Tyler raps yeah. never becomes, like, a crux point of the film like, is, Tyler, you gotta rap in order for us to get out of here! You gotta rap to distract Pop-Pop! Or it's, it's like, it's never like, um... It's never like, um, uh... What, what's her name? Becca? Becca? Becca's never like, oh, I gotta film this in order to save us. It, it's, it's, just, yeah. it's just what it is. They, mm-hmm. They're filming to make a doc... First to make a documentary, then they're filming, which happens a lot, to capture the crazy stuff that's happening. Yeah. But it makes sense because they're trying to figure it out. And they're kids. Like, mm-hmm. if you're an adult and you're doing that, you just call the cops immediately. That's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Paranormal activity shouldn't be happening. The thing with this is that they're kids. They're not going to call the cops, especially on their family. They're going to try and figure out what's going on. Even when it gets at its weirdest, they're going to be like, again, they're not, they're not like narrow-minded, but they're going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, we've been filming this the whole time. we got to keep going. Mm-hmm. And like the whole plot makes sense, you know, for the sake of convenience, but also because it makes sense because he made it that way. The kids would do this. Mm-hmm. Also, it has like my, I, like this is just, it's not even that funny of a joke. But it was it, it was funny as fuck to me, which is them when they're on the train, and the the conductor, and he's like, "Oh, I used to do a little bit of acting myself," and then he goes into like a monologue, uh-huh. and then like they cut out from it, and then later on when the, when like the employee from the hospital comes in, he's yeah, like, he's like, and he's like, "You know, what I used to do," and then he goes into like Macbeth's monologue, both times in both movies. I laughed my ass off, and, bo- yeah. and bo- both times that I saw the movie, I laughed my ass off at that because it's fucking hilarious. As somebody who who would I would do something like that. yeah, like oh, I used to do some acting. Yeah, wait, the thing, and I want to bring in also the doctor because like the guy that shows up at the door, he's like a doctor from the hospital. Yeah, and I I didn't realize it at first because he never comes back, but he was like he was like their doctor, like that's that's the thing is that he's going there to check up on them because that. Because they broke out, they killed these people, and then everyone's just scared of them. So they're not doing anything about it. So this is like their doctor checking on them to be like, Hey, how's it going over here? Alright, listen, you shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to go back away. Uh, You live in your house, you live your crazy world. Hmm. Like, that's the thing is that... And that's why uh, uh, the pop-up character thinks that someone's like... look. going after them because people Wait, so are... You, you think that the doctor knew that they that they were yes, there? the doctor knew that it was these escaped people. How, why do you think that? Because they... Because the hospital has to know that these people escaped. Well, they know they escaped, but what makes you think that he knows that they're there? Uh, well, th- that's the thing is that I don't... I actually don't know how he knows that they're there. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming. I, uh, I, I always assume that he didn't know that they were there. The thing is, uh... I don't, the thing, I don't remember what the first names they, they associated these people with because uh, because they do say that the the grandparents never showed up to volunteer mm-hmm. like over the weekend so that easily could have just been that these people escaped like this week mm-hmm. and just like got there yeah and just did their thing the way I imagine is they the way I imagine the turn of events is this mm-hmm. um, it's not the crazy people who reached out 
to uh, the mother to mm-hmm. get the kids to come. The, it was the real grandparents who reached out to the, to the, to the mother mm-hmm. to get the kids to come. Then, as they're talking to the patients about the kids coming next week, they, um, the patients then are like, oh, we're crazy, we should do something about this. Um, and then they go home, the, the mental patients escape the oh, mental hospital, wait, wait, wait. and then attack them in their home yeah. and take their life. Okay, well, no, that makes sense, because actually when you see at the end where the bodies are there, like, yeah. they're kind of decomposed, but not really. Yeah. So <laughs> that actually makes sense, is that yeah. they, uh, when they were taken, because the, the real grandparents would have been taking care of the fake grandparents, and the real grandparents might have said something like, oh, oh yeah, she does say that. She says, uh, you know, what Claire shouldn't have said that you kids were coming to visit. She, uh, my wife was very excited to hear that you guys were coming to visit. So it was that thing that knowing that these kids were coming triggered them to want to kill these people and take mm-hmm. their lives mm-hmm. and assume their roles and then take over. Yeah, because I think it'd be one thing if they, like, attacked the, um, attacked the, the, um, uh, the real grandparents, like, in the hospital. Yeah. I think what most likely happened is that they escaped. And that's why people aren't, like, amazingly concerned about them escaping. Mm-hmm. Is because probably to them, they just, like, ran off somewhere. Yeah. Because they, they probably haven't heard really anything about... Like, they haven't... Because what most likely happened is that they found out where the, where, where the real grandparents lived. Mm-hmm. They went straight there, and they attacked them and killed them. And that, so they really didn't, so to, to anybody else, it'd be like, oh, they just ran off somewhere. We haven't really heard anything. Maybe they just, like, fell in a lake somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I, feel, I feel like they wouldn't, people would be kind of concerned that these, because these guys murdered their kids. I think, I also, I think it's assumed that they're not actually married. I don't think the, the, oh. fa- I think she murdered her kids. And he did something and, else. And he did something, because when they mention that um uh when when they when uh when uh she when uh, Becca asked the grandmother fake grandmother uh where they first met they say we we met in a garden like the like, oh, the, like garden, the garden uh, there. like a ho- like the garden in the hospital oh that would make so much sense yeah and it's really kind of creepy too it this oh god it's seen I, and the uh. thing is just knowing what i thought i knew made it awesome now that you're telling me these actual other details i think makes it so much cooler mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like, this movie definitely has repeat... Like, speaking I, of somebody who saw it again, is that it has repeat watch value. I think probably not too many times, because I, I love comedy, but it does... Jokes do get old after a oh, while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially, like, horror jokes, because, you know, things are only scary once, and things are only funny typically once. Mm-hmm. And but when you combine them, they probably aren't that same thing. I think it's a lot of it is the experience of watching it with the other people for oh, the yeah. first time. And I also think there's a lot more that even I haven't found in the movie, too. Because I do think there's more going on, too. Like, there's more stuff there. Sorry, there's another couple making out right next to us. God, why do people just, like, they like making out near me and Sam. I mean, it's it's also a, a Thursday, well, I guess Friday morning now. At 2 a.m. <laughs> We're recording this at 2 a.m., It's guys. 2 in the morning, and the tears aren't uh, pouring. And people just got out of Dave and & Buster's, and that was probably uh, last call that they're leaving from, so they're mm. kind of drunk. Mm. Cool. Uh, I'd hope they don't bang I mean, in the middle they're, of they're this probably having, they're, they're having All a right, good time. So, I think yeah. we've been talking for a good... Uh, very long while. It's been 51 minutes. So I think um, we should do some closing thoughts and then uh, sign off. There's definitely a lot more to talk about the movie, but this is literally initial reactions. We just finished watching it an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better than The Happening. 
I think it's better uh, than I, The Happening as well. I also, like, watching The Happening the week after I saw it, with when we watched it with um, uh, Sarah, Kira, and uh, Rachel, it was so weird watching The Happening after seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be weird oh. for, to watch The Happening after a while. Because oh, we, yeah. we still have to watch this. We, we still do have, have to watch, watch The, the happening, happening every week. week, yeah. What Wait, when uh, Sarah asked how the movie was and you went over to Whisper, what'd you tell her? Oh, I said it was um, uh, really, really fun. Okay. I said it was. I what I pretty much said it was the most because that's really the best way to describe this movie. Yeah, is it's fun. fun. Like this movie like, is a roller coaster, and not in the sort of like emotional roller coaster or a thrilling some, roller coaster. It's more it of just, like a tilt a whirl. It's like it's like when you get off a roller coaster and you're just like and you're just like got a big smile on your face. That's Honestly, what that's what this movie's like. Like on, I, I might go back and think this movie's actually really bad, like story, characters, and everything. But I had. So much fun watching oh, yeah. this. I, I think I'm gonna think it's a positive movie for right now, but for I'm just gonna leave it at fun because seriously, it did so many things right, mm-hmm. at least at first glance, that I can't help but enjoy and give this um, an amazingly positive review. Yeah, it's you you it it, it really it, it's sort of like it 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 also is sort of like as people who like who, like, really try and judge and, and like, objectively view a film, yeah. it's nice to see a film that doesn't really seem like it's trying to play to your objective side. No. This film is not playing towards your objective side. It's playing towards your visceral, cathartic side. Yeah, it's just trying to be. Mm-hmm. And that's... I think that's an amazing thing, and I think that's an amazing thing for Shyamalan, and hopefully... Mm-hmm. Hopefully this means good things going forward. You know, and you know, I'm sure what Emma Chamel would say is like, I'm not a perfect person. There's many things I wish I didn't do. I, all right, I think I think that's a great. Uh, you just got huba stanked, bitch. Uh, oh wait, but, wait. Do you have the, something else? The whole like. Female pop stars are in place of swear oh, words. That's so a, fucking that's a, stupid. That's so dumb, but it was so funny. Yeah. God, there. Yeah. There's more parts that are so dumb, but so funny. Mm. Uh, but I think we're gonna sign off. Uh, but moral of the story: I want Shyamalan, please. I hope this is a turning point for you. I used to really like you, and mm-hmm. I want to like you again. I hope you read every review people make of this film. Yes. I hope you just don't see that positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes and think, hey, I'm doing a good job. I think, I hope, it, right now it's sitting at like 62%. Yeah. Is it 60, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, it might have gone, it, it keeps going up. Okay. Like, it keeps, it, at awesome. first it was rotten, but now it keeps going up. Uh, I hope you see more than just the positive way people are feeling I hope you also see the reasons why they were feeling positive and and, and also please yeah. look at what's wrong with this movie too because mm-hmm. like again there's a lot wrong with it there's a lot right with mm-hmm. it focus on what you did right and keep doing it but really concentrate on what you did wrong because like yeah. I I want to see another like I want to see another sixth sense I want to feel something and I want to feel good about it yeah I want to see I, this is going to be crazy, but I want to see another Academy Award nominee, M. Night Shyamalan, for a different movie that's yeah. not The Sixth Sense. I yeah. would love to see that. I think as long as you, M. Night Shyamalan, who is listening to this podcast right now, as you do every week, of course, continue to just strive to be yourself mm-hmm. and just not... And, and 
the best thing we can do in life in a very, you know, big metaphorical way is to try and better ourselves, not try and be better for other people. And so I think as a filmmaker, you, M. Night Shyamalan, who listen to this podcast every week, of course. should be trying to better yourself as a filmmaker for yourself, not better yourself as a filmmaker for other people. I think that's a wonderful way to sign off. Yeah. Just be better for yourself and other people will come later. Yeah. And, right. and people will come if you're being better for yourself. Because mm-hmm. everybody's an interesting person. It's when people try and not be themselves that they're fucking idiots. Yeah. And you just got schooled in being a bitch-ass cool motherfucker by Cameron. So many visits I'm going to have to put in there. So, visit, visit, visit. We can All just right. call this the uncensored episode. Um, <laughs> Do you want to uncensor this one? Just, like, let it happen? Uh, happen? Ah. Uh, Alright, uh, I'm Sam. I'm Cameron, and this is What's Happening, episode 11.5, Just Visiting. Thanks, guys. We've had so much fun.